I'm a nomad Never in one place Living off of memories Visits to outer space It's a combination of reasons esoteric And personal to me When ancient spells control a situation I leave It's the human in me Never had a room more than a year at a time Leaving invisible statues behind Knowing where to buy the cheapest food And the fastest wine no Hello everyone out there in podcast land Welcome back to Citizen Reporter. It's indeed the time of COVID-19, coronavirus. And what do I think that means? Well, it means we're all home, or many of us in this world, uh, and we have time. And one of the activities that takes place that I think is fun to record is to contact friends all over the world, talk about what's happening, home and so forth, but also talk about what projects we might work be working on or what we're looking at, what what whatever it is. And to my great pleasure, uh, I have Leanne Kubitz on the line from Kansas City, Missouri. I've never spoken to someone on this podcast in Kansas City. Hi, Leanne. Hey, Mark. Yay. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Great. Um, this is, I mean, as we say so often, it's it's fun to reconnect with people. And you and I are not disconnected, but you and I, for, for the audience at home, right, we know each other from university days. Back in yes. North Jersey, William Patterson University is still there. <laughs> uh, prestigious, still uh, the most prestigious university in New Jersey. If you aren't uh, from there, uh, well, actually, we—it seemed like we were the, the school everybody made fun of, but I, I loved it, and I felt like we got the best education yeah. for the cheapest, oh, yeah. and we met the best, most interesting people. Honestly, I, I, I agree. It was—it was a place where all the wacky, intelligent unique people who seem like they didn't want to live in New York City anymore. They moved out to the suburbs, which happened to be North Jersey, and they got jobs teaching, uh, maybe even just doing other work at the university, and we got a chance to to be influenced by them or just interact with them, be friends. It was really, yeah. Uh, among other things, neither you or I studied jazz, as far as I know, and yet we were yes. surrounded by jazz musicians because the school was good at that. Uh, yeah, that was our saving. That, that was like the big thing, like all the amazing jazz musicians, people from all over the world. You just playing these this music you never heard of before. I knew nothing <laughs> about jazz. And, and I, my brother is a is a professional musician, but he's a symphonic musician. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about jazz. And my God, it was just constant, just wonderful music everywhere we went. We had world class musicians come and you could pay like five bucks to go see them on a Sunday afternoon. True. You wow. know, it was wow. just that kind of thing where it was, and it was like. We had internet, but it was before the internet was like a big thing. Yeah. So we were on that weird like <laughs> turn of the century precipice of like college. And it was it was like that time that just does not school is not like that anymore. No. I'm sure Willie P is not like that any longer. Right. Doubtful. I mean some of our old professors are still there. Yeah. Get a little older, but yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even have adjuncts. That's how that's how small our school was. Yeah. It's, I think it still is small, but yeah, like everything in education in the United States, it got more expensive and they, they surely expanded uh, as best they could. And every now and then I get little updates about how the school is doing because I keep in touch with one specific professor who's a very close friend, actually, who I should be contacting for this podcast. But Leanne, here we are. It's week five. I don't even need to write this stuff down because I don't know, I guess because it all passes slowly yet quickly, you know what week it is, right? Do you have that? Uh, I don't know what week it is because I feel like, <laughs> oh, I, right. I, well, everything feels like it's going so fast. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> on This is why it's weird for me. On February 8th, I was in New York uh, State officiating a wedding. Not in New Rochelle. Uh, no, in Beacon, New York, right? So I was in, and I was officiating a wedding, big wedding, 150 people, big, good old Eastern wedding, you know, one of those good old big weddings, yeah. you know? Lots of people dancing, good times. All my friends, it was a great time. That was two months ago. We yeah. will never be at a big wedding again. Like, uh, when will I go to New York again? I don't know. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's why, like, I can't even keep track in my mind what's going on because that was only, like, about, that was uh, 
nine weeks ago now. Yeah. Wow. And now, I mean, and, and I'm looking like I wrote down some like, you know, notes like um, Kansas City officially shut down uh, midnight on uh, March 23rd. That's when we went on our stay at home. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but so, yeah, so that was not quite a month ago. Right. So I should say uh, week five is for Amsterdam. That's the, spe the specific mm -hmm. Netherlands. Netherlands, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because wow. America's a crazy patchwork of sure. who knows what the hell is going on. It goes in um, waves, too. Like, you know, like East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. 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 yeah so it seems like West Coast shut down first. Mm -hmm. Seattle. Not, 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 not the north of the, not a more California-ish. And then it's like the Midwest, It's it just seems like it's cities are doing their own thing. Right. Our mayor decided to be very proactive and huh. he got, he shut it down much sooner than everybody else. Well, St. Louis and us, we, we kind of did the same thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sort of shut down around the same time. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was the 23rd, but people started to sort of shut it close, shutting it down a little earlier. Uh, I work, um, in the Kansas City Public Library System. Yeah. And we shut down on Sunday, March 15th. Oh, you went early. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they were, we were trying to figure out any way to social distance to still do our jobs. And it was almost like they couldn't after a while. It was just, they knew it would be like impossible until we figure out a lot of different ways. So we had to shut down the buildings and everything. Um, yeah. But then, yeah. So the 23rd is when Kansas City went on lock. Okay. Uh, not lockdown, but stay at home. Sure, sure. Ordinance. Yeah. Um, they, they've been pushing a term over here. I, I didn't notice it until I started reading articles in English uh, in, in the press that the Netherlands has intelligent lockdown, intelligent quarantine. They're, they're fitting in the word intelligent into the act of staying home or slash going out carefully. I, okay. I think it's a little bit. This is, you know, this is that thing of like when we say, you know, if you say we're Americans and we are creative uh, know-how or we say we are French, we are very good. So this is their version of we're really smart, proud, pragmatic people. They love to. Yeah, they use sober a lot. The the prime minister would say we're very sober about things. And I guess he huh. just meant we're we're honest about what's going on. Um, but yeah, so you, so you find all kinds of versions of a positive spin on what we're doing. Uh, which, yeah, uh, I mean. Ours seems to be going pretty well because I think it feels like, I mean, okay, living in New Jersey, I lived there for 35 years and then yeah. I moved here in 2013. So it is a different culture. It's a different, it, it's almost like living in a different country. Like yeah. you're still America, but it's different. It's a more of a collectivist culture huh. because, and yeah. I think a lot of it, it, this sounds maybe crazy for non, non-native Midwesterners, but my theory is it's because <laughs> of tornadoes. Because ah. when you it's tornado season right now, yeah. they come in. You got about half an hour to fifteen minutes to get yourself safe, okay. or you die. Okay. Um. So and you have to shelter in place with other people. You're at the supermarket and one comes up, you got to go. Okay. Um. Now you they can't keep you. They can't compel you to stay there. But it's kind of like you have to stay here. Be smart. We all have to stay here and be safe. You know. Yeah. So. Because of that, people listen to the sirens. You go into your basement. One last year, we had a mile one almost hit the, the city. It was crazy. I mean, we hit in the basement. You know, oh, okay. Like, you know that kind of thing. Um, so because of that thing, it, there's a much more of a community aspect here. Yeah. So people were much more apt to like, oh, we have to shelter in place, or or not shelter in place, or we have to sure. stay home and social distance. Okay, um, you know, like. Two or three weeks ago, nobody was wearing masks. Now everybody's wearing masks. Right, right. That's you become know, a policy of some kind. Uh, yeah. um, that's in California. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, here, I mean, here actually, it's the state itself, Missouri, is very lax. I mean, Missouri's like, the governor <laughs> is like, whatever. Oh, look up um, who the governor is. <laughs> oh, he's, oh, please. He's, <laughs> he's bad, but the guy he took over for was like literally a rapist and that's the reason he lost his governorship i that mean sounds familiar it's, okay it's so it's so disgusting so this guy is just bad in general but the, the, the low the bar is low mike parson looks like a goofy mike pence he's such a, he's so bad yeah so <laughs> parson he's just a yeah he's a, not doing the best so we're just okay. dealing with what our mayor has to say who's 35 yeah. years old quentin lucas Quentin Lucas, 35, amazingly, uh, he's doing a great job. Yeah. Great job.
law school um, professor. I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. Wikipediaing him up as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He won resoundingly last year. Um, we, he, uh, used to be, he was a, a Kansas city kid. Uh, he was, um, homeless for a time as a young man. Wow. And then through scholarships and stuff like that, like luck got to go to, you know, school and good schools and he's a real smart guy. And then, you know, law school, law professor. Yeah. Thank goodness for this guy. Cause actually he's the only reason I feel like I have any sort of leadership in america <laughs> you need a good mayor or slash someone yeah yeah if i was on the east coast i feel so bad for everybody on the i feel like i live in a fairyland comparatively <laughs> i think people just kind of elevate dr fauci as their leader or 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 there is a lot of leaning on um the governor uh, cuomo there's a lot of leaning on cuomo which or, is weird yeah. <laughs> when you think about all the history because i mean growing up when you saw the history oh my That's gosh the kennedys like, of the new York state. Yeah. yeah, seriously. And I'm like, really, guys? So, oh, okay. If we're doing this now, like, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, at the very least, a lot of people said, oh, well, maybe now he'll run for president. And he has categorically said, no, he won't, which is like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for not doing that. Like, I mean, I could see our mayor running for president wow. and winning in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. But right now we need him here. And he's we, we need people like this here. We need smart mayors. And the only thing that feel like he's keeping the country together at this point are smart mayors and pockets doing smart things otherwise i don't know yeah it it's really that bad okay um uh, yeah we're nervous at points i mean a lot of people are really nervous here because like everything's you know everybody's unemployed you know i have a job to go back to because i work at the library so we're going to reopen one day, you know? Okay. So what, what does the library say to you right now? Like, hey, you're home. You're going to work a little from home. Are there well, not tasks? really. So, well, not quite. Um, we have a special provision. There's an emergency clause in the, the library uh, bylaws. So everybody gets paid uh, base salary, whatever your base salary is, like, you know, whatever. You still get paid. Okay. okay. Everybody still gets paid Wow. and you will go back to your job eventually when that is, we do not know. So we wait, we have a tentative meeting. Uh, our branch uh, has a tentative meeting later this week on zoom, which is funny because it's not mandatory because not everybody has internet. Wow. They, they realize that not everybody who works at the library has access to technology. Um, so they say, Hey, if you don't have, you know, internet at home, it's okay. You don't have to come to the meeting, not mandatory. We'll text you. We'll get the information to you somehow. Um, so, yeah, we, we are not the kind of job where we are on uh, like Slack or whatever. And we're we're, you know, constantly in contact. We are a clock in, clock out kind of people. Um, so in a way, they're treating us very well. Um, if I was in another library system, this would not I would not be treated this well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have experience library, in New Jersey, for example. And I've only worked in urban library systems. And this is a five star library system. It's an amazing they do one of the best jobs I've ever seen. They abolished fines last year. <laughs> oh, because oh, they're punitive and they mean yeah. nothing. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. We learned this in library school that fines are actually a punitive action to punish people and to teach them a lesson in manners. <laughs> and things like that. They I, they make no revenue. You make no, no, uh, it doesn't help with the budget of a library. Um, fines. So why do that? You're, you're removing access from people when you say, oh, you know, you're shut down your library card account because you have fines or books out or something like that. So we just say, there's no more fines. Hey, that way everybody has access. Because yeah. Kansas City Library wants you to have access, not put up barriers to access. And that's how it was on the East Coast. But here, librarianship is different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's like a yeah, it's much more communal. But but with working in the library, you're are you under an umbrella more of city services or state services? Neither. We are oh. our own entity. Uh, okay. So yeah. So I'm not as I used to. So like in New Jersey, I used to work in like a few cities. I was a civil servant. Yeah. Uh, of the state of New Jersey, as well as being like a union member of whatever union that uh, I was in, in that, that particular library here, weirdly enough, we're not unionized, um, which is strange, a little strange for me. Uh, but we are like our own employees. Um, we, and we own our own, we own the land to the building, which is really great. 
Um, So the library won't go away. (laughs) And they also passed a library levy last year tax to like up our taxes so that we'll have more library services. So we expanded hours. um, We're open seven days a week late into the night da, 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 da. Yeah. so yeah there's so they have so the way they deal with things here is a lot different than they do in city libraries back east yeah i was trying to find uh the because you really made me think about this idea that people that work from the for the library it is known that many of them or some of them some of them don't have internet at home and then i thought huh what are the numbers and uh, my initial scan is something like, but this has no date on it, 20% of Missourians uh, don't have access to high-speed internet, high-speed internet anyway. Well, um, that, yes, see, that, that, is a, that is a caveat too, because like, well, library workers in a general sense, like just library people anywhere are a very low-paid um, profession. Uh, I mean, especially uh, when I used to work in Newark, mind you, this was over a decade ago when I worked... I had a lot of my coworkers were homeless. Definitely. Yeah. If wow. they were not homeless, they were on public assistance. Everybody was very low paid. Um, same thing here. Every Anybody who works in a library and ship is incredibly low paid. You have to get a master's degree, but you're, then you're paid like uh, maybe a, you know, 13 bucks an hour. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. So like because of that. So that's why a lot of people don't have library, uh, internet access, um, library yeah, workers. That's a, that's a cost, right? And, right. right and the high speed internet, um, Kansas City has a specific one called uh, Google Fiber, which is a fiber optic internet. It's, it's about, you can't get faster than in China. Okay. So, so we have, so certain parts of the city, most of it have fiber optics under the city with this insanely fast internet, but not everybody has it. So that's why, so like, but that's only Kansas City. So the rest of Missouri has garbage internet or no internet at all if you're in the country. Wow, right. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I tend to forget uh, or it's hard to wrap your mind around how big states like Missouri can be, how much space that is, and therefore how many people could be in a place that's far away from other places that might be well-connected. Yeah, just looking around, you see a lot of articles about uh, development projects involving loans, grants to improve high-speed internet in uh, in Missouri. Uh, but this is, yeah, this is an interesting phenomenon, the idea that is not discussed here that you're, depending on the job, you're now working from home during this crisis. And so you're going to be expected to fulfill some tasks for your job. Some of them are the same stuff you always do. Some of them are an adjustment, right, to, well, this is, what you, this is as much as you can do from home. I'm in that category, actually, because... Uh, part of my work has always been going to a country to do teaching work. And now I can't go to a country. So all I can do is the background stuff for practicing, getting ready for when I would go again. But yeah, it's, it's, what if you just don't have internet and do you have the right to say to your employer, I don't have it, you know? Yeah. And and, and honestly, they, they understand that at least our employers, like I, I'm, I'm kind of amazed. I feel like the luckiest person on earth because <laughs> they actually understand that. And they understand too, that when we do go back to our jobs, it will be so much more difficult than it ever has been because we're the only third place in America. We're the only place that you can go that you do not have to spend money to hang out. And we deal, we're almost like mini social workers, you know, yeah. you know, so there is, we, there is no place for you to go, you know, what I'm saying, where as in like, there, sure, but I'm thinking about why it would be harder because there everybody's unemployed now, right? Every, there's 13 More people million coming people. In. So, I mean, right now, that's the majority of my job is helping people fill out job applications. People don't have the computer skills to be able to deal with the way jobs are done now, how you have to, you know, make a login for each single you know, um, employer and rewrite your resume and then have a cell phone and a computer. Yeah. So you have to, it's this whole thing to get a job. It's really, really difficult. And most people don't have the skills. So that's our job to teach people how to do this. And now, and then to maybe get all, whatever this extra unemployment might be happening. Right. It's going to be very difficult. And we deal with a lot of people who have, you know, social issues who are falling through lack of social safety nets so we're going to be dealing with a lot of problems and also just proximity problems. Just how am I supposed to help a person with the fax machine, which is a touch screen? Like, hmm, the fax machine is a touch screen. Well, that's not very sanitary now, is it? Right. 
huh, how are we supposed to do that? It's like little things like that. We're just, how are we going to help people in that regard? Um, Will we have supplies all the time for people to clean things? You know, it's just like those. So I think right now it's nice that the library is just letting us sit home so we can mentally prepare ourselves (laughs) for whatever it is we're going to, because librarianship, there is a philosophy that it is a, um, or it's an organism, a living organism. So it evolves. So you constantly have to evolve in librarianship or you stagnate and die. So this is okay. We, we understand that this is how it goes in our profession. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just going to be different. But, right. But, but also I can see how you have a great attitude about it, but, but how in a, in a country or a state, but definitely in a country at the very least, where the answer has always been to cut or privatize, maybe, maybe privatize. Um, you know, you don't need a library. You got your bookstore. Well, you don't have bookstores anymore, but you got the internet. Uh, you don't need a, a hospital. You've got a pharmacy where you can get some services, I guess. And so now all of a sudden uh, with the cr- current crisis on top of what was already happening, you guys get a lot on your plate that, that is arguably library work or maybe not. Maybe it's like you said, it's actually social work, but there's no social work facilities for people. So they're coming to you. Um, oh yeah. I mean, we're already a safe place. We have programs for, you know, homeless teens and things like that, where like, you know, we're a spot. I mean, I definitely have a few kids who hang out at the desk, like little you know, preteens who like, you know, they're like, hey, you should kind of go home, but you got nowhere else to go. So I'll be your, you know, I'll be your uh, safe adult chum, that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right. And then I tell them to go read a book after a while, after they bug me for a minute, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, that's yeah. normal in urban libraries you kind of deal with the, the kid who's truant, uh, that kind of thing. So you don't call a truant officer. I don't call, I, I don't call no, the cops no. and a truant kid. No. Heck no. <laughs> um, but, but that kid or those kids right now are home? I don't know. I don't know where they are. That's the crazy thing. These kids are who knows where. I mean, it, luckily the weather's nicer now. That's the only thing I can say, but don't know where they are. I mean, they're not coming to the library. Don't know where they're going. Because um, especially to the library, there's several branches uh, throughout the city. Some have uh, like food programs where they have like um, two, you know, two times a day they give. What? Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, there's there's like several school. branches where they have a cafe where uh, they give a meal like twice, like a, a dinner meal or lunch twice a day for anybody who wants it. You just go there and you get it at the library. Um, some of those services have been new, moved to other like food uh, banks and other sort of services where they're doing like sort of like a takeout situation where they pair it or whatever can come by and like pick up a bag of food. Um, but yeah, the library has been providing those services also. Wow. Um, yeah. Casey library is amazing. Like they, like what they provide as opposed to what I was like, Newark tried its best. Newark Library, I'm not going to say bad things. They tried. They have no money. They had yeah. no money and they, they couldn't do what they, they could have sold some of their fancy artwork. They <laughs> have, they own more halls and things, wow. but yeah. Oh yeah, they surely do. Um, but you know, uh, that they can't sell that. That's probably under some sort of weird trust. <laughs> okay. So that's why. Uh, but yeah, so like Newark, but you know, other city libraries, let's just put it. I worked in, in New Jersey, did terrible jobs, gave nothing to the community. Working here, at least seeing that what we give to the community makes me feel good. But knowing that it's not there for now, it's scary, and it won't be for a while, and we don't know what we're going to be able to provide. I mean, just having a meeting room. We have meeting rooms. You know, from study rooms, meeting rooms. You can't have a person in a meeting room right now, right? Because of proximity, they'll get each other ill. And because we're not going to have a vaccine for another year, so we're going to be distancing ourselves for quite a long time. You know, so it's like, how do we just like those kind? And especially Kansas City is a very friendly place. Okay, I'm a bit like I'm like super different personality wise. I'm like, yay, happy! Everybody's talking and fun, and everybody's just like is friendly with each other, but not in a southern like, how you doing? What church do you go to? Kind of way. They're just like, hey, how you doing? Let's make a corny joke, dad joke. Okay, okay. (laughs) And that's kind of a thing that we're missing right now. I mean. I presume, but you're right about the complications with any kind of presumption that a lot of these things that involved people being in close proximity to each other, it's coming back when it can. Uh, I just presume that versus it will never be what it is or it'll never be what it has been. 
but well, you know. oh, yeah, sure. I think I just think it's going to be cycles. Like I, I feel like a lot of times we feel. I mean, I just this is my personal feeling. Of, you know, uh, we pretend that our medical systems are more um, advanced than they are, but we're very primitive. We're a primitive people. Yeah. Um, we don't have a vaccine, so we have to hide in the house. So I mean, I just think. I mean, this is people have done this for human history, like sat, but it usually would be like ten year cycles of this. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking in my mind. Well, this might be a ten year cycle of this happening every few months for huh. 10 years, which yeah. is a scary thought. And maybe I'm being incredibly alarmist, but, oh, right. um, and I'm not obviously a science teacher. I mean, my no. dad's a science teacher, okay. but I, I am not. Um, but yeah, so, you know, but this is just like reading stuff. And I'm like, well, people used to do this all the time. Sure. You know, yeah. the Decameron, they wrote that, that book was about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I saw, only a quick headline or something that I didn't want to pursue, but then later it gave me pause. And it was about, um, with the choice, I guess this is a choice, of staying in and avoiding contact and distancing, um, are you living, are you really living your life? Are you living your best life? Are you living a good life? And uh, let me try and piece this together. Later, someone reminded me, I think it was probably my girlfriend, because who do you talk to most at times like this? <laughs> the person you live with. And and it was uh, the idea that what if, if this goes on for a long time, uh, at some level, won't we just say, mm, okay, some things that I want to do or need to do, even though they involve proximity to others, I'm going to do because it's living. Um, and this is not happening. And that's the assumption is none of this is going to happen. But it, it is an interesting question. Like, what if this becomes the new reality? And does that then change the line that you draw with how much contact you want to have with people or how much risk you're willing to accept? And of course, the problem with that is you're you're not alone. It's not you just accepting risk by going out and, I don't know, being near people. It's they're also accepting risk. It's just too many ways to split it. But the idea that, yeah, the time that we spend closed in right now, we're not living exactly. We're kind of on hold, like, depending on what you do. I think we're living is just that we're living a really strange, uh, you know, <laughs> existence, you know, yeah. that's, that's the thing. I mean, I talked to my neighbors I mean, we're yeah. all luckily it's like true. Kansas city, the architecture, especially in this neighborhood, everybody has like porches and balconies and stuff. Uh -huh. So that we everybody can kind of talk to each other and go, Hey guys, you know, that kind of thing. So that's nice. Ooh. Um, so that that's helpful at least that we can chat with each other in that way. And I do have my husband here and it's interesting because he works for a law firm in uh, Florida. Huh. So he, he's already works at, at home. Yeah. He's already been working at home for well over a year. You know, we, we share a car. I work crazy hours because I'm a librarian. So, you know, I'm, our schedules are strange and we're home a lot anyway. So it's like, all right, but it's different. Oh, of course it's, it's very, you know, the different end. But the thing is, it's like, I, I personally just, I don't want to get sick with it because I had pneumonia 11 years ago. Sure. And oh my God, it was bad. So that's what terrifies me about this new disease that it's like a lung disease that, you know, hits people who have had other lung diseases and there's nothing to get that you, you're not going to get saved. I was born about 4,000 years ago. And there's nothing in this world I do not know I saw King Pharaoh's daughter finding Moses on the water I can whip the man who says it isn't so I saw Noe when he built his famous ark I crept into it one night when it was dark I saw Joni swallowed the whale and I pulled the lion's tail and I crossed the land of Nod when it was dark. And my husband had a lung collapse when he was like about 20 years old. Um, that was just a birth defect situation. Just, you know, some people's, it, it happens. And um, so he also does, is like kind of freaked out because he's had that situation happen. So we're both like, oh my God, like we don't want to like live in the house, but it's living, but it's also like, I don't know. I mean, it's, is it, I think maybe it's just better to hold off. So maybe I can have a future, another 40 years to go in the future. Yeah. Better to hold off for one year. So right. I can have 40, you know? Right, right, right. So this is sort of like investing, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're investing now to enjoy later. Yeah. 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 Like I do yoga. I've been doing yoga like every day for like, you know, 
I try to. I mean, I've been practicing for three years, and you know, it's not always fun as such. So, no, it's not. That's not what it's about at all. But you know, you you do it because it's an investment in your future. I want to be able to sit up and walk around when I'm like 75. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Definitely. It's part of the reason why we, we stay healthy or try to stay healthy. Those of us who do, it's, it's the idea, not just to feel good now, but, uh, sort of down the road as well, if possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a weird kind of living. I do feel isolated though. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel isolated just because I feel isolated in being in this part of the country. Huh? Um, yeah. Well, just because we're here. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, if you, in, I mean, you have your choice, as we all do, of what media you want to consult and consume. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you want, I, I check the New York Times every now and then still, and there's rightfully so a lot from New York and the East Coast, but and it's about what New York City is going through, and you and I know New York City very well. I think we both consider it home uh, yeah. in a special way, even if it doesn't see us as, as home <laughs> homers anymore. But, um, and then... Like you've started today's program by saying, you know, you're in a a different kind of place, possibly a different country, if if all was a little different. Um, and so, I don't know how do either you or, or maybe more interestingly, your neighbors who are not from New York um, look at what's going on. Do they consider it something like, okay, they're just ahead of us, this is coming, or is it more well, of no, this is different? Well, I mean, that's one thing, too. It's like you, it's hard to get a really spin on what's going on. Like, you know, you can talk to your friends on social media or what have you. But, you no, know, you're not chatting with people on a day to day basis because you're not seeing people. So it's a little isolating where you don't really even know the buzz of the town. <laughs> OK, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's honestly, I mean, think about it. The Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, right? They won the Super Bowl. It was massive. It was huge. Yeah, it's a long it time was, since that. Right. And it's only been like two and a half months. Right. It was a mat. It was huge. I mean, it was like party central fireworks. I mean, people in Kansas City party like crazy. Like, (laughs) and I mean, it was so exciting. So much fun. National. I mean, the national news constant. Oh, my God. Kansas City won. It's a miracle. Mahomes, the quarterback. He's a god. We love him. New dynasty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. New (laughs) dynasty. Uh, It's crickets now. Nobody's talking about us Uh at all. I mean, we're like the things about how our mayor was being very proactive, doing early, you know, shutdowns and things like that and, and encouraging, you know, he, he, he patrols around and goes around to the parks and says, hey, guys, I've been watching you and you haven't been doing this and that. Right. You know, social, you know, and nobody's talking. It's like it's like we don't exist unless our sports teams win championships. Ooh. When the Royals won, yeah. when the Royals won the World Series, it was like everybody was like, we love Kansas City. Woo-hoo, Royals. <laughs> Uh, sporting Kansas City, the soccer team also has won a championship while I lived here. Same thing. Yay, go soccer team. Yay, yay. They don't care. It's like we don't exist unless we have sports. Or, and they, or when the president accidentally mistakens where your city is located. Which is even worse. I mean, we were just like, everybody was, I mean, it, this is a very liberal city as a whole. It's a very it's a small artistic town, you know. Um, so people are not quite keen on Trump as a whole. I will say that maybe more of my friends, the group of people I hang out, musicians, artists, that type of people. But no, he's not really welcome here. I mean, the last time he came to town, there was like a riot. <laughs> okay. that was, it was the uh, before he was elected. He came here for one of his, you know, little campaign things. And there was a big we had a really big demonstration. And then mace came out. My hairdresser got maced. I mean, it was just terrible. I mean, I ran I ran away. Luckily, I got away. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was bad. It was bad. Um, so he's not coming here again because we were not welcome to him. So, yeah. But so, but so you guys don't make it into the national news Never. often. But meanwhile, I mean, especially with what's going on, New York makes it into the national news. Maybe Seattle, at least when everything was was heating up uh, with, with Corona then. Um, I don't know. Does it? So does it therefore feel more like they just don't know they're not going to notice what's happening here and maybe we'll we'll be okay anyway. I think we're going to be okay if we keep ourselves together. Like that's the only way we're going to keep ourselves together is just a coalition of the city and maybe, and also like next door in Kansas, um, the governor and they're doing pretty good. They're, they're, they're making kind of smart decisions. Kansas is doing a pretty good job. The legislature tried to, um, 
supersede what like basically the governor was like hey we're not you know we're, we're locked down no church and then the the republicans tried to say no you're gonna have church on on uh, oh, right. some, uh, easter. easter and she and she was like no you're not i'm the governor and i say what goes so it was this kind of big back and forth but luckily no church um but so luckily kansas is doing smart things uh now at bit finally uh there were some rough years there um but so we're okay here, but yeah, we just feel like, you know, nobody really pays attention to us. We're doing our own thing and we're all alone. We're very alone. We're not, we're not going to get any funds from any, I mean, the funds from the federal stuff are being distributed wildly. Like, True. you know, just your, we're not your $1,000. So, oh, and that hasn't come in yet. I haven't got, I haven't gotten my money. So <laughs> a lot of people haven't gotten their money yet. Um, that's just, who knows? Um, it's, yeah, so it, it's interesting because one thousand dollars. What was it? One thousand dollars in March and one thousand dollars in April, or something like that. No, 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 no. No, it's only twelve hundred dollars. That's it. That's once. the max. That's oh. once. Yeah, so that means most people are going to get that and give it directly to their landlord. Right. So, so oh. what's the point? Is there any kind? So I've only heard this for hmm, a Canadian city. Forget which one. Uh, like a rent uh, delay, freeze, no. whatever. Not a freeze because that's no. just the price, but. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Nothing, yeah, nothing here mean, either, it, by the way. Nothing here. I heard, I mean, I, th- I believe there might be a few, depending if you own a home. I think there might be. Oh, mortgage well, stuff. Actually, no, it. no, there's not any mortgage stuff. They're like, if you have oh. a problem, you can talk to us. Oh. But they're not stopping it. They're not like doing any forbear, nothing. Uh, so there's no, there's nothing. Uh, so basically half of the city has basically lost their jobs because Kansas City, of course, is all about arts and music and food and stuff. So everybody is a waiter or an artist or something like that. And so, but crazily enough, the only people who like are doing okay are the symphony orchestra. Uh, the Casey Symphony Orchestra was saved by their donors. So they're not playing, obviously, for the next year. Obviously, they can't. So they are getting paid the entire next season even though they can't work, uh, even like stage hands and stuff like that, um, because their donor base is very, very kind and saved them. But like the opera went down and I don't know about the ballet. I, you know, so it's really crazy. So like our symphony orchestra, Hey, great. They're, they're good to go. But then like the restaurants, there's no bailout for them because they're not, you know, but the restaurants are like a hardware city. So it's like really weird. Um, and oh my god music <laughs> we can't go see music now it's and that's a big thing here music's huge so yeah it kind of messes up our culture in that regard yeah you know yeah and uh th- yeah that's huh, that's a big question i I've, I've also been picking up the news stories here about you know there's a lot of talk about businesses small businesses restaurants um but then this week especially they're saying hey but now we got to think about the cultural sector also because there's no plan for it and a couple of um not in amsterdam but in maastricht i think uh symphony orchestra already declared like bankruptcy or you know closing it down yeah and then they're i mean it's just without this constant flow of shows like one of the big venues basically like you know the the beacon theater of rotterdam um they they said that they've already canceled like 500 shows and i was just like how can you cancel 500 shows but then if you they have a facility with multiple stages and they use it pretty much every day so that and i was like oh, oh okay okay wow like how did you get to that number but yeah jesus yeah. yeah, that that I mean, there's actually I've seen like there's some clubs in town that are like doing like you know oh uh, relief funds because they they've canceled their shows that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, actually, what's really interesting is there's a few places here like luxury, like really fancy restaurants. They've turned into basically they're calling them community kitchens. So it's basically like a soup kitchen. I mean, you know, like from like, you know, like the depression era where they're like, there's a few places where you can go, you can, you pay what you can or you get it for free. And they have like a fixed menu and you go between like these hours and they just, and these are like, this is like a place where I went like for my anniversary two years ago, they shut down. They're just like, we're just going to be a community kitchen. Now we have some food left. A lot of places are selling groceries. A lot of the, the places, big restaurants are like, all right, uh, you can do a grocery store now um, to make money. Or they've just shut down. Uh, there's a lot of like takeout. Is, it, it, 
is sort that of, whole but that's, delivery that's world of, also happening? It sort of is. It's waning though. You've so it, it started out where people were doing it, and it seems like it's hard. And certain a lot of places are shutting down or just being like um, feeding hospital staff because the hospital cafeterias have closed because of they can't eat together. So a lot of the restaurants are now sending food over to the hospitals for the hospital workers. So yeah, because we have a lot of massive hospitals in this area, huge, huge. Uh, Yeah. Like children's mercy is one that has like little, little kids. They have like all these fancy operations, experimental stuff for children. Um, So uh, uh, KU med is, uh, it's, my, it's literally the building is a mile large when you walk around inside. It's huge. That place. Yeah. So that's what a lot of restaurants do now with their surplus food. I mean, they, they're doing anything they can just to help each other out. And that's what we have going on here is um, and I've been like just buying like little things from little boutiques just to hope they stay in business. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we do a thing here where we I mean. My girlfriend and I will will make sure that we go to one of three places in our neighborhood that we've kind of always gone to, but we'll go get takeout from them um, and try to, you know, get the desserts or get the extra stuff because it's like, yeah, th- th- got to help, trying to help keep things going. Uh, I asked one of my neighbor restaurants for flour. I was going to buy it. I did buy it from them. Wait, did I? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I was going to get flour from them. And then they like, they handed me a lot of flour, way more than I asked for. And then they handed me a lot, sorry, vegans, they, uh, a lot of eggs and cartons of milk saying, y- if you don't use it, you maybe you know somebody. And I said, why are you giving me all this? And they said, no, the wholesaler is giving like five for one right now. Because if you look at the dates, I mean, the eggs are okay, but that milk is going to go bad in three days and they're just not able to unload all the milk coming in. So I went around my neighborhood. I messaged a bunch of friends and I said, listen, you you want some whole, do you even drink? Because milk is not very popular anymore. It's all about oat milk, you know, maybe soy. And I found a few friends who were like, yeah, I could do some cow milk. So I left it on their, on their uh, stoop. And, uh, and I, I did my best to give away milk. Um, but this is a, a big issue, you know, all this food that it's assumed is going to get sold. Um, I heard talk of, I don't know, I think it's in the United States of some dumping of crops, um, for the sake of prices, uh, because of overproduction, but I, I have no evidence on that right now. <laughs> Sorry. I'll look it up and link it if I can find any, I mean, I've heard of that historically in the U S with corn, the dumping of yes. corn. Yeah, you, yeah. I've, I've, I've read about that too in the past, but here it seems like right now, actually, like CSAs are very big, you know, that like where you buy into a small community uh, farm and then you get like a share of their, like, you know, the, yeah. the, a crop and then they send it to oh, you. In, like, right. So there have always been CSAs in the Kansas City area. Um, the farms are more out in Kansas, they're not in the city itself, obviously. Um, you can't actually have organic uh, farm in the city proper, they, they don't allow it. Um, but yeah, but you can get it. And they say that now there are waiting lists throughout the country. They're getting so overloaded with people asking for, um, looking for farmers to get so like farmers can't give away the stuff fast Fast enough. enough, Yeah. They have waiting lists Uh, and there, there have been runs on, uh, plants for a while there. It was hard to get seeds and things like that. Yes. I'm noticing Uh, that too. Yeah. A yoga teacher of mine gave me, the sweet man came by and left me a cherry tomato plant. Uh, <laughs> thank God for that. Um, yeah, because I couldn't find a tomato. Um, and we do gardening, luckily, anyway. So we had already started some of our seeds earlier. So before all of this happened, because mind you, like I said, this has only been like two months. I mean, really, of all of this. I mean, yeah, like in February, we we're kind of talking about it like, oh, it would be a regional disease only in China. Isn't that sad? that that's happening there. It it will never come here. And it must be just one of those things. I mean, and now here we are, you know, despite everything we know about the world. And I mean, you unavoidably know how connected we all are. There's still this assumption that it's over there. It happened here too. People really, I actually, the, um, the health minister here who, I mean, maybe a decent person for, for sure, but I have no idea. All I know is that he was overwhelmed by what's been happening and he even passed out in parliament and he resigned. Yeah, I couldn't handle it. Um, and uh, he, I mean, it could have happened to anyone, but he had given the, the decision 
in what, maybe December or January to send medical assistance to China. And now China is sending medical assistance, not to the Netherlands, I think, but to Italy, to a few uh, countries in Europe. And I mean, in the end, I think it's a it shows how kind and helpful we can be in this world. But it is one of those moments of like, don't assume you're not going to need help. Um, don't assume this is not coming to your country and that you're just going over there to help out because they have so many problems. It's like, no, go over there. Yes, help. And also learn because we're going to experience the same difficulties. Well, and the, and the sharing thing sounds like an interesting idea where they're like, because of waves, like it hasn't hit here. But I mean, it's hitting in places and because we have zero testing, you can't get a test anywhere. Good luck. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's so many more people in the city who have it that we don't know, or people I've been exposed to. There were definitely people I worked with over the winter who were like, yo, I've got this really weird cold. It won't go away. It's this weird, you know, thing. And, you know, that was happening. So mm-hmm. people probably have it. But sure. Who, who knows? We don't know. We don't know. I, I, even the idea of testing as many people as possible. I don't know. Again, we have we've previously said we are not medical professionals, but whatever Mm. raw material a test is made of, can you imagine how much raw material you would need for hundreds of thousands, let's say millions, actually, if it go worldwide? You can't test everybody. You can't even test most everybody. Like, I don't quite understand the strategy if people are counting on testing. I'm not counting on testing. Not for me, not for my where I live. Yeah, no, Um, not at all. But for some reason, you know, well, I know the reason people want to be assured or have a certainty about something. Yeah. I mean, if I was, I mean, if I was feeling those chest symptoms or something, heck yeah, I would want to know. But then it's also like, but then it also, the thing that is the most scary is like the sharing of, of ventilators from one city to the other. Like that's the idea to like share them like move them one place to the other. That's cool. But then, ha, we're coming into hurricanes. Okay. It's tornado season in the Midwest and then we're also hurricane season. So hello, what happens when we have a hurricane that blows through Louisiana or Florida or South Carolina and then we have a disaster there and we need all this medical assistance and stuff like that because you know that's going to happen in the summer because it happens every summer. But there, there was, I mean, even like last month in Tennessee, there was a horrible tornado. It took out 25 people. It's, it's really tragic. And so we, we're not even thinking about the other crises, wildfires in uh, California, that sort of thing yeah. that are also going to come up I mean, my God, if you break your leg right now, what are you going to do? I I think about that a lot when I go out. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I can't even break my leg and go to the emergency room now. Yeah. I mean, I can, but it's dicey. No, I bit into something the other day and my tooth just kind of hurt for a second. And I thought, don't you hurt right now. Cause, get that, uh, <laughs> that ambisol, man. Because uh, yeah. By the way, the um, on the dumped crops thing, uh, New York Times did run a piece April 11th, and it's on the dumping of milk eggs um, in Ohio and Wisconsin um, for the very reasons we just described. Um, oh, South Florida, yeah. And I, n- I now remember where the story came from. Of course, in the limited circles we speak in these days, my mother, uh, who follows closely what's going on in Portugal. And farmers there are, and, and, you know, farmers there are also a bit, um, depending on who we're talking about, I'm thinking of some relatives who wouldn't, but uh, can be very knee jerk, uh, and just react and act. And so they're burning a lot of crops, um, to prevent, uh, well, what they feel is going to be, you know, just too much and they can't get rid of it anyway, and they wouldn't be able to sell it. And if they sold it, it would be worthless. Um, so this is getting confusing here with the, with the food production, you know, sort of chain the way we have it in this world. And then the situation where we're not consuming it in the same way, or I guess as much. Well, Um, like there's a, there's a situation where there's this one barbecue. There are many barbecue places in Kansas city. So there's one place called Jack stack. They're pretty, they're kind of a franchisey kind of place. They're big, they're fancy. They are keeping, there is actually like a, a processing plant that, if they shut down completely, the whole plant would shut down and then all these other places that had meat processing would not be able to get it. So what they've done is taken the people who work in the restaurants, they're working at the facility to keep it open just so that there is meat. And then they're sending their meat instead of at the restaurant, they're sending it to local supermarkets and stuff. So you can buy Jack Sack meat at like the Cosentino's or whatever. So it's very interesting. So they're trying to redistribute how they're doing the food chain so that like it doesn't shut down. Um, and that's just Jack Stack. That's just one place. Um, you know, a lot of places they're doing barbecue right outside, you know. Um, so that's a big thing. But that's because it's like 
barbecue is not going to stop and there are farms and things like that. I mean, I read years ago and this is so silly, but they said if there was a hypothetical zombie apocalypse, <laughs> Kansas city is like number two place you want to be because we also have an underground city. Not that that's going to help us here, but regardless. Um, yeah, because of the food chain situation and having a less densely populated city. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that freaks me out about like just my family and pe- friends and stuff back East in the city. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so dense. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I'm sure. so happy. I'm not there. Cause there's so, so many people. Sure. There's just too many people. And it freaks me out. I just want to put my friends in a bubble. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. I, I definitely feel like we, we live in a pretty densely populated city here. And, and I, I like yes. all of my neighbors are to some extent interested in how's everybody doing. You know, we, we kind of look at each other like, you feeling healthy? You doing all right? People even ask, feeling healthy? <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody here. But see, luckily, like, we're not densely populated. We're, there's like about, like, less, there's just like under 500,000. Um, but that's kind of like scattered about a big area. Like the city, like I'm in Midtown, which is Oregon Trail area. But uh, yeah, no, really, I live on the Oregon Trail. Um, and uh, and that's, yeah, oh yeah, this, this neighborhood, this whole Midtown area, the, the streets are very interesting because of the trail. Um, but yeah, um, the city itself is not that huge, you know, um, bigger than New Orleans or Savannah, but not that much bigger, you know, that kind of thing. So but we're not squashed on top of each other. Thankfully, that is the only thing that is good that there is a little breathing room, but people are still getting sick and that's, yeah. it is like disproportionately uh-huh. uh, black folks. Yeah. They found that and I like, uh, because lack of healthcare, yeah. lack of uh, access to, like you said, like go to like, you know, the pharmacy to go to the doctor instead of going to a real doctor. That's a lot of what we have around here, you know? Even just getting a doctor's appointment is very difficult. A lot of times you'll like make an appointment. You'll wait three months, that kind of thing. There's just not access. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's if you have health insurance. So, right. There's still that whole other area of you don't have health insurance, which is huge. Yeah. And now, and now temporarily becomes not front page <laughs> news. And, and yeah, so many things yeah. now become not priority. It's, it's, it's very odd. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. And it's a strange time. I think that's also because it's like people are trying to wrap their heads around like, um, because of like a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of tragedy, a lot of loss in my life, you know, and then passed over the past God, decade of a lot of friends past family members things like that tragically and there's like radical acceptance is this thing in therapy they talk about radical acceptance it's basically like you there's this idea you do not like the thing the thing that has happened is bad and it is sad but guess what it's not going to go away it's not going to change so you have to accept it so you accept it and then you put it into your consciousness and then you kind of go on it doesn't mean you like say like oh man forget about it but you integrate it into your experience yeah. you know you use it, so to speak. Um, yeah. I mean, I think hell, man, we, we went, we went, I remember seeing you like three days after September 11. So I figure if I remember I, I drove up to school and you were still there hmm. and I was tweaking out and freaking out. And, uh, yeah. And I'm thinking, shoot, man, we got through that. Yeah. And that was like mini, that was almost a mini tragedy, which is terrible and awful to say compared to what is happening right now. Sure. Absolutely. And numbers wise. I mean, and also that so many, it's different. It's just very different. It's so yeah. it's a very different tragedy. Yeah. Obviously but, that was, but the yeah. behaviors, the behaviors is the connection I see. Yeah. What I remember best or, or so vividly and, and we probably talked about it back then was the amount of friends after nine 11, the day of, or day after that night, especially, um, cause they had had a whole day of like, you know, just pacing around mostly in New Jersey, uh, looking out the window. And then people came to me and said, all right, Mark, I know I never ask you about this, but what have we been doing around the world or what's the military? Like, did we, have we been doing bad stuff? Like I never asked, like, tell me about, and they would just ask me about countries. And I was like, it was the first time someone wanted to know, several people wanted to know, uh, how are things in a different country and what is our, our connection to that and so forth. And it was like, wow. But again, different people reacting in different ways. You know, suddenly you want to become an expert in world politics or in medicine. Uh, you know, it's, it's just people trying to make sense of the new situation they're living in. So in that sense, I see total, yeah, parallels. 
on a larger but is scale. It, but, but I mean, and that changed, like that changes our country. Yeah. That changed a lot of the course of everything. So this is going to wildly change things. Post-corona. And I think that's the, yeah. And that's why I think it's very interesting that people are like, Oh, we're going to get back to business in like a month or a few weeks. And I'm like, yo, this isn't back to business at all. When thousands of people die, just really quick, that's something that you have to integrate. Like, that's another thing, too, our society doesn't deal well with grieving or dealing with death or saying, hey, death is this thing, and it's it's a thing that we have to live with and talk about, and we don't talk about it. So that's, and I mean, because we never learned, uh, I also feel like um, the lessons of the AIDS crisis, this feels so parallel to this. Yeah, um, okay, right. That, I mean, I've heard this, up, yeah. I mean, I just, I I look, I I look at this as like the AIDS crisis, but huge. Um, Even my own psychiatrist who I saw a few weeks ago, right before the lockdown, we had a regular appointment. He said he would, he actually almost yelled at me. He's like, Leanne, this is worse than AIDS. He's like, this is airborne. Uh So many people are going to die. And he was freaking out because like healthcare workers, you know, friends of his are going to die from this. And so, you know, and seeing how nothing was done for years and years and years, with the AIDS crisis until ACT UP came up and was like, you know, bashed basically threw their bodies down to make a point and their lives on the line, we didn't get anything changed. So that's almost where I feel like we're going to, which is sort of a radical stance, but I feel it's just because that's what I watched as a child on the TV news, the AIDS crisis, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to see that again. And that's what I'm watching right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the idea of the return to normalcy. I'm not mad. I understand people want to be happy. I, everybody wants to be happy. It's springtime, <laughs> of course. But, you know, let's be realistic about it and deal with the matters at hand. And, like, we have to fight and we have to be, like, you know, strong about this and not just go, I want to have fun. No, I right. Have fun. Yeah. I want to have fun, too. Oh, my God. All <laughs> I want to do is go back, like, a month ago when I was at, like, a... A punk show and all the kids were like <laughs> all the punk guys are like just bashing each other in the heads and it was a great little sweaty time right. in the little club right yeah i want to go back to that but yeah you, you know, can't you can't always go back yeah yeah I and mean, exactly people, yeah yeah that is strange yeah, yeah. i know it, it's weird it is a, it's a total yeah today i was watching trump's uh, latest um presser as they call them pressers oh no he did and, another one no yeah no <laughs> someone said to me like oh you got to see the latest but i think we might have been out of sync with which is the latest anyway so i let it play for an hour while i like played some game on my ipad and uh and i but in my ears yeah i probably should consider my health play plenty of yeah. games no problem but 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 that in my ears but what's what's interesting is you know like i i don't like to i'm trying always to see things in an analytical way so to me trump is not i don't i don't hate this person um i'm I'm always trying to understand this person that's my objective you know like don't hate try to understand and if there's anything to understand if there's nothing never mind you know move on hopefully but uh i'm listening to him this morning and i realize as many people have that his approach at this point is among other things be really positive you know it's like I don't know if anyone told him to do this, if he was raised this way, whatever. It's the strategy he's put all of his marbles or eggs into. I'm going to be really positive. So no matter what you give me, I'm going to say, well, it could have been much worse. And give yourself credit. We know that, of course. But, you know, and I'm listening to him and I'm thinking, yeah, this is the strategy. And a lot of people probably, this strategy is their strategy too. Like, this could have been so much worse. But, like, as a strategy, it's it's pretty thin and... As we know, it's it's not much. There's not much there, there, you know. But but there is a strategy sticking to it, you know. It's, it's all going to be fine because the belief is if you keep saying it's going to be fine, then maybe it ends up being fine. The only odd part is when you're the leader that has the capacity to make some things happen or some things not happen, and you spend most of your time just, you know, just saying like, no, no, it's getting better with, you know, <laughs> questionable yeah. actions. No, so I mean, it, I'm yeah, trying to understand them, you know, like in these times. I think it's this optimism maybe of, I mean, I, I don't like to generalize like as such about baby boomers because they are such a large portion of people, you know, uh, they, they range in ideas at times, but I feel like they do have a, an over reliance on positivity. Yeah. They can um, relate to this, right? Like some doing, of them, think, not, yeah. not, not, the, <laughs> not the, like the ones who were born like the sixties, like those ones I think have a little more of a realistic idea of like, you know, because I mean, if, but I don't get it. If you dealt with all the Vietnam stuff, how can you have any faith 
in this government. I still don't understand that. I mean, growing up just as a little kid going, oh, wait, wait, what happened during Vietnam? And you guys still think that the government is okay? And as a little kid, I was kind of thought that was weird. Um, so, but for some reason, there's this thing like, well, we won World War II, so we're always going to, things are always going to work out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, or it's the uh, inability to deal with just the reality of the things. I mean, sure, it's not happy, but, sure, you know. But, but yeah, you can, can, you can adapt. You can think about it. You don't have to look away. Yeah. Yeah. And then this insistence, which we know very well, but to warify everything, you know, it's a war against a disease. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, we should do what we did in World War II because that worked, I guess. And it's like, well, this isn't World War II. And I'm sure there's, you know, there's strategies to be adopted, but, but don't assume that if you do everything you did in World War II, that this is going to go great. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, I would love to have an NRA like they had during World War II, you know, send poets out, you know, the National Recovery Association, <laughs> send poets out <laughs> and let them write about the situation in the countryside. Absolutely. That would be beautiful if we did like, to, you know, to have people, you know, create jobs. Sure. That'd be a beautiful. It's not going to happen this century. Those sort of recovery jobs, they guess it's not going to happen. Um, I feel like it's much more of a grassroots situation where it's like every Every person for themselves. My God, we have regional alliances now. Yes, you know, it is very East interesting. Coast, East Coast, West Coast. Sure. And I think it's going to be, well, I don't know. Uh, Kansas City will be on its own, <laughs> hanging out. You got to make some deals. Could, we'll hang out people. with Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, good. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, Lawrence, Kansas is a lovely place. Okay. Um, yes, it's uh, William Burroughs lived there. Okay. Who else are we throwing in this coalition? Is Norman, Oklahoma too far? It's and, kind of far. And far uh, yeah. ideological, too. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, Oklahoma, though. The Oklahoma uh, Thunder is our local Ooh. basketball team. We get their broadcast. <laughs> and they're actually, they're a great team. When sure. when when sports still existed, um, <laughs> I did enjoy watching them. Yes. So, it, yeah, that's the thing. Man. I, that I miss a lot, obviously. Tell us about group. sports. What was it? <laughs> what was it? I don't know. I mean, I worked for Major League Soccer for yes. 12 years. Oh, God. And now there's no soccer. No. I mean, like, at all. And no. it's it's soccer season. It just started. We had we were two games into the Major League Soccer season, and it ended. Yeah. So wow, I didn't realize like, it was two. Yeah, my team is like one and one. One, uh, one and zero, I think. So yeah, so that's good. We have a listen. I'll do you one better. I have a childhood <laughs> love that lasts to this day with um, John Sterling, who is the announcer for the New York Yankees. I know it's the Yankees Empire and so forth, but nothing wrong with that. I grew up with that man's voice. It would lull me to sleep at night. And look, I went into audio in many ways with my life. I still listen to John Sterling the next morning after a Yankee game here over breakfast while I work. I listen to the whole game. I don't care. I mean, if I have to have headphones and I was just starting to enjoy spring training because John is very old and I don't mean to look to the oh future God, without yes. enjoying the present, but I'm like, oh no, we're losing months of John. Like, <laughs> so I'm sad because my favorite voice ever is just not on the air right now. He has a little podcast with stories, but it's too small and they're not producing now. I should write to him and say, hire me. I'll help you produce your little show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally the only thing that exists right now is, um, actually, it's really innovative and it's very interesting. It's called um, iRacing, eNASCAR e iRacing. So <laughs> this is it, e it's, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's eSports, but um, basically it's like the NASCAR drivers sit in a flight simulator sort of car sort okay. of situation and they drive like a regular race. And But when you're looking at the race, it, the graphics are so perfect it looks real the, the innovation i mean i think maybe football will go this way and then nobody uh, will have concussion injuries indeed anymore. indeed right yeah see innovation so we'll still have sports they'll just be robot sports deal i like it leanne like, you've, I, you've given us hope <laughs> but not like I, the annoying kind of insisting like hope <laughs> but like no, i just want to watch robots bash into each other and throw things at each other come on yeah. i'm in i'm in for that as well <laughs> Hey, thank you for taking time and allowing me oh. to record this to share with the people. I, I've heard from a number of people who have said like different conversations that I've done these last few weeks have meant something to them or were enjoyable. And like that, I don't know, makes me happy. So I'm glad no, to be able to share. Makes me happy too. Yeah. 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 No, thank you. I mean, you have like prestigious, like a lot of prestigious people on your show. I'm just like, you know, a lady, a uh, librarian. Uh, no, hey, I'm I'm a I'm a and a uh, podcaster. Uh, I know I'm a frequent podcast guest. Uh, wrong I'm gonna reel. drop some names. Uh, wrong real. 
in the details, Flixwise Canada, Zebras in America, Pink, the Pink Smoke, those guys, I, there's a lot of them. All right, uh, I'll write out all those links that can appear right. in anyone's phone right now or on the website. But yeah, you can find us, but uh, you know, uh, it's been fun and I hope everybody out there just stay away from each other, but stay connected uh, somehow, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. that, just say, stay safe, everyone, please. That's the message. Thank you. Thank you. A big thank you to my dear, dear friend, Leanne Kubitz, for joining me here on the podcast. I'll have links, as I said, uh, to all of Leanne's projects. She's modest. She does a lot when it comes to the world of audio and discussions and interviews. Also today, I wanted to mention music at the top of the program was by Mela, the song Nomad. And of course, in the middle of the program, we had I Was Born 4,000 Years Ago by Tom Brousseau. He's got an album out. Uh, the rarities uh, a lifetime ago and in a time where musicians can't travel and tour and play shows the way they love to at least we can still uh, get their new albums and uh, and spread the good word and I'd like to end today's program though the series will continue uh, but I end today's program with a song Antibirala by my dear friend Maita Larburu she just sent it to me a few days ago written during this corona times it's in Basque but uh, if you listen I think you can feel it Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Do subscribe if you have a podcast app, and I'll see you real soon. I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. See ya. Seta iriki el carri Sekula itxiko ez dutena Mundu linyura garri horretara sarrera Denok dugu propioa baino denok antzera Irudimena Toda la calle, sarreta aquí está la pico equinere va, vale. Es caude perfeccionismo para emperar. Aún abajo ya en contra guerra. Es emanamore, emanamore, maíta suena. Video de es que news hoyos al danado. Gustiak bakara bakara berbera Hau ere badau isentitzeko aukera Hoi isentitzeko aukera Sentitzeko Shen